But when we're on the field, my noise is on our trigger and a or a plain old bar. It's the sport of kings. All right, Steve, here we are. Week nine. Home of a bird. Sorry, I get too into that. And first of all, Steve, how's your arm? How's my arm? Yes, how's your arm? It's good. Why? I would think it would be sore. Why is that? Because you've been patting yourself on the back pretty hard this week. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what you're coming out leading with, huh? Yes. Lots of winners last week. Lots of winners. So Steve is very proud of himself. You went what? Six and one. Yeah, I think that's what it was official. We don't, we haven't really kept too much record, but um, I did go back last week because it was so good. It was six and one. And what was the, what was the one? The, the first one we came out firing with Detroit. was uh, Detroit and they just totally fell apart. But um, the big winners and, and that was a smaller play. So, it, you know, I kind of said it was a small play, but the big plays is Chicago. It was uh, the Raiders. The Dolphins. The Dolphins outright. Um, but you know what the big one was, I got a lot of thanks for, was oh, stay away from Green forget. Bay. Yeah. It's very specific to stay away from Green Bay on the Survivor Pool, and they they lost outright. So um, a lot of people went down in Survivor Pool with that pick. All right. And so on that note, here's your 20 bucks. Well, that was from Minnesota, right? Yeah. So Finally was, paying out. Well, and it was funny because when we had to re-record last week because I wasn't recording it the first time, and I was like, oh, you forgot to bet me in the re-record, but you got it in at the end, so. Yeah, I went circled back because I felt that confident. I was like, well, let me take 20 from her, too. All right, so. All right, let's go on with this week. What is this, week nine? Week nine. We are halfway through already. It's going fast. Football season always goes way too fast. I wish football was more like baseball. Why? Well, it's game every week. Yeah, a lot more games, a longer season. All right. Yeah, so baseball. week nine, we have first game here is Seattle at Buffalo. And um, I didn't look specifically, but I don't think there's any like big weather games this week like there were last week. So that's good because the weather really sucked last week. At least in the Northeast, I know it's supposed to be 70 degrees the next week. So yeah, that's awesome. So, um, I think this will be a high scoring game. I think maybe a little bit of a get right spot for Buffalo because they haven't been firing as much as they were through the first four weeks. Um, so this will be the Seattle defense is not very good. Um, so it could be a chance for, uh, Josh Allen to get back on track and, uh, Russell Wilson obviously doesn't need to get back on track. Uh, he's been on track the whole season. Um, so I think it could be a lot of scoring, um, a lot of passing, but I'm going to go with Seattle because I think at the end of the day, Josh Allen is more likely to make a mistake than Russell Wilson is. Yeah. Okay. So game set here, Seattle comes out as a two point favorite on the road against Buffalo. They're up to three now. Uh, this is two very good teams, right? You got Seattle coming in at six and one. Buff, uh, head of the division in the NFC West. Then in the AFC East, Buffalo is six and two. Uh, so two very good teams. You can see where there's going to be a lot of points. Um, I do like the overcall. Uh, I've seen Russell Wilson's highly ranked this week for uh, FanDuel Fantasy. Um, well, and this 
this year we have the, is it going to be Metcalf or is it going to be Lockett debate? Much like last season, it was Godwin or Evans because it seemed like they couldn't both have good games. Um, and I'm going to go with um, Lockett this week because um, Metcalf, Metcalf is going to. last week? He did well. He did, and because he's going to be covered by uh, Tredarius White, and I might not say that first name right, but um, so I think it could be. It seems like the coach and uh, Wilson are really kind of playing the matchups too. So, um, and then um, could also be a big uh, Stephon Diggs and or John Brown week. Yeah, I would say this is not a real big play for me. I'm kind of leaning Seattle just because it's Seattle, right? I like their offense. Um, I think you kind of have a, a team in Seattle that's thinking about Super Bowl. <clears throat> and even though Buffalo might be thinking about Super Bowl, I don't think they're a realistic contender to get there. So at the end of the day, even though this is in our conference and they're traveling all the way across the country, if you're going to play the game, and again, it's two really good teams, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to play this game, but I would take Seattle. But this, you're not going to play it? Probably. Well, uh, maybe on the card. Teaser, the teaser card. Interesting. I'll, I'll probably, by Sunday, I'll probably take Seattle. I'll be, I like Seattle. It just concerns me a little bit because it's interconference. So sometimes teams don't really show up for those games where they put less of an importance on it because it's not against somebody. It's in a division or they're fighting for to make the playoffs. If ever you could kind of slack off, it's the interconference ones. Well, don't you think? I mean, Seattle's on top of the division. They have a chance to really pull away with it, but it's a very competitive division over there. Yeah, let's just say they're not. They could. They could come in not as focused. Um, but to your point, this is probably the highest contested division in football. With even though San Fran just dropped below five hundred to four and five with their loss, um, you got the Cardinals right behind at five and two, Rams at five and three, Seahawks sitting up top at six and two. So six and one. If they lose this game. It's possible that uh, they could be in a tie for first place when the week's over. So you would think that that would keep them focused. You're, you know, yeah. First place teams usually focus to win, but they're both first place. So that's what con concerns me. But uh, I'd say we move on to the next game. Okay. Round of pick for me. Okay. That's fair enough. <clears throat> All right. So next game up is Denver traveling to Atlanta. And this opened at a minus three. It's, now up to minus four in favor of Atlanta, which I think is strange that the line moved in favor of Atlanta, because I would think it would move in favor of Denver after their comeback victory last week. But um, and then the number has moved from 47 and a half to 50. I think the problem with the line movement is people people came into the season thinking Atlanta was going to be a contender. Right. And we all know what's gone on so far. Now they have one, two out of three. Um, but I think people are just, you know, they look at the last week's game and they say, okay, we know they have that, all that offensive talent. Maybe they, something has clicked and now people want to go on Atlanta. I like Denver. I drew, I'm starting to fall in love with drew lock. Last week was awesome. They were down by like 20 points and I writ, wrote the game off and I had them in a parlay, had them straight up wrote the parlay off because of that game. And as the other game started coming in, I saw that they were creeping back and unbelievable uh, touchdown with, as time expired to beat San Diego at home uh, last week. So a couple things here with Atlanta. Uh, so first of all, I like Denver, right? I like Denver. Do you like Denver too? Yeah. Uh, it, so, so to your point, I think the main focus here above everything is the line went from three to four. 
four and a half one place I'm seeing. It looks to me like a three-point game. It's another going to be another one of those tight games. So, you know, regardless of who wins, take the points. But a couple things here. Atlanta's 0-4 at home. Uh, so this is a home game for them. Uh, Denver's 2-1 away. So I do like the fact that Drew Locke came back a couple weeks ago. They beat New England. They beat San Diego. Um, or sorry. No, they lost. They beat <laughs> Los the Angeles. Patriots. They lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Chargers. They lost to the Chiefs. Okay. And then um, it's just Atlanta. It's almost like, what are they going to do this week to lose the game? Right? I mean, well, you yeah. love their I offense. Mean, I love all their players on their offense. You, lo- you like Gurley a lot. I love the receivers. Julio, if he's healthy, clearly is dominant. And Well, Julio's looked good lately. He's had a yeah. couple of big games. The silent hero has been Ridley, though. I know you know we well, were high even, on Ridley coming into the season, but he's consistently putting up is he playing around hundred yard games. Uh, he was questionable coming in because he didn't. Well, he left. He left last game, last week's game, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that um, Drew Locke has since he came back from his injury, he's faced some tougher defenses, and Atlanta is not that. Um, I don't think they're going to get a lot of pressure on him. So I think he can definitely have success. Um, Atlanta secondary sucks. So it could be a big uh, Jerry Judy game. And they're also not very good against the tight end. So it could be a Noah Fant game. Um, and Atlanta is one of those teams, much like the Chargers, who find amazing ways to win, uh, lose the game when it comes down to it. So, yeah, I would definitely. Uh, Lindsay's playing. So he's definitely playing. He practiced all week. So you got the dual-headed running back situation there, um, which is good. They've proven that they can put up points against bad teams, right? They put up 31 against the Chargers last week. They did put up 37 against the Jets. Um, so I think they can score enough points if Atlanta off- – if their offense is kicking and they get in the high 20s, 30s, I think Denver can definitely score with them given how bad Atlanta's defense has been. They played good last week. They only gave up 18, I think it was, to Carolina. Yeah, but that was a weird game too because it was raining and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and they turned the ball over. And I don't know they what happened. They drove a little bit and tur- uh, Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick. With Todd Gur- uh, yeah, Todd Gurley last week. That was annoying. But, all right, so we're both on the same page there. Denver. <laughs> okay. Take the points. Next game up is Nick Foles traveling to Tennessee. So your boy against my boy. Yeah, so you got to remember you're getting points, right? So I'm not really sad about Nick Foles last week because they did cover. They brought him back, went into overtime, and even though I thought they should have won the game, um, they did cover. So Nick is hot, and I'm going to stick with him. I like it, think it's too many points. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs going on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee um, seems well, to play tight. Both teams have lost their last two games Yeah. Um, after starting strong. So, I mean, it's not really a good matchup for Tennessee. It is a lot of points for Tennessee because they tend to play it close. I'm not exactly sure what happened last week in Cincinnati. Um, I feel like uh, to an extent they're almost getting too cute and they're trying to like pass the ball too much. Just run here, Derrick Henry. And I think that's probably their best path to victory against Chicago. Well, that's what worries me here when you're going against Tennessee because they lost two games in a row and they came off a bye. So they've had time to prepare. I think Tennessee with their coach, I mean, they're they're legit, right? Well, yeah, they're I mean, not they had beaters, but they have to play a specific game to kind of set up the play action pass. Um, and they have the right personnel to do it with Henry. But 
it could be a good a bad spot for Chicago. It's one of those things, and I hate to be this specific, but when I get these feelings, I feel like Tennessee wins the game, but they don't win by enough to cover. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, Tennessee's defense has been terrible. They made a trade for a cornerback from the Chargers, and they have potentially a Dory Jackson coming back, but I don't know if that, that makes a big difference for them. So, I mean, they're definitely exploitable by Foles. If he's on his game, could be a big Allen Robinson game. Yeah, I mean, Chicago doesn't have to run game kicking that hard. Um, Nick Foles has struggled throughout the course of the games. You know, if you watch the Saints game, even though they went to overtime, Nick did struggle a lot during the game, even to the point where the announcers were even talking about maybe putting Mitchell Trubisky in. And that was in the first half they were talking about that. So the key here is to see if Nagy sticks with Foles because you know well, Foles is going to struggle throughout almost every game. It's going to be ebbs and flows, and you just have to trust at the end of the day that he's going to make a run to get back and win the game. So you can't start taking – if you're going to go with Nick Foles, you can't start playing the game where he's playing bad and you're going to pull him out. you got to ride with him until he gets hurt. I read something about Mitch Trubinsky, and I can't remember what it was now, though. Hold on. I mean, he's a complete bomb. Like, you just – sometimes teams – if they spend a high draft pick on a guy there, they take a long time to just kind of move on. Well, he injured his throwing shoulder. So doing what? Lifting um, bears. I don't know. Bears. Mitchell Trubinsky suffered shoulder injury expected to miss a few weeks. So. All right. So there's no even threat of Nick Foles coming out. I mean, I don't know who the backup is now, but yeah. Plead. It's a yeah, tough so. game. It is a little bit of a tough game. Um, <clears throat> Again, not but is a that, huge is play. that good or bad? Like, would Nick Foles be better off if he has the quarterback breathing down his neck, like knowing that that's the potential, or is he better when he's got the reins? I think he's better when he has the reins. Okay. You know, if you look at it with, um, well, it's tough because when he first started, he came out, he had Michael Vick nipping on his heels in Philadelphia back in like 14. Well, he lost that and battle. He, he? he lost the battle, but. Um, you know, that was a decision that was made the season before when he had the full reign. He, he was 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, right? And then he played his best, um, I think, after the first quarter of the NFC Championship and into the Super Bowl in 17 when Carson Wentz was, you know, not in the play because he was injured and it was out for the year. It took him a little bit to get – and that's my point is when Carson Wentz got hurt, Nick came in right away and played well in that game – but then took a couple of weeks to he really struggled until he hit his stride in the playoffs. Even in that first game, he struggled against. All right, Atlanta. let's not go down memory lane here. The good old days when you guys were. By the way, can I just contender. credit that was a great cutoff because I was going to just keep going. <laughs> I you know can't. when you certain subjects, he'll go on forever. And All right, Foles, cares. I don't like Chicago as much as I did last week. I, it was like my number one play last week. Uh, if I bet it, I take Chicago here. All right, I I would. <laughs> I think Tennessee wins, but it's too many points. All right. So the next game up is Detroit at Minnesota. And we have some COVID issues. Matt Stafford did not test positive, but he somebody not related to the team was in he was in close contact with somebody. So he is not been practicing. He still has potential to play, I guess, as long as he tests negative. So he's in the quarantine protocol. But no test, no positive test. He's not positive. So either. I got. I think you got to feel like he's going to play then. I mean, it's possible. Well, I guess he it won't. comes down to his test results. But everybody um, I've seen go into this like you've you've been in contact with somebody, 
but you haven't tested positive has then ended up playing that next game. I've yeah. really seen a lot of guys get pulled out then. Well, and I guess there's a timing issue to it too, but regardless. So um, let's assume he's playing. So, the, okay. Well, the backup would be Chase Daniel if he doesn't play. All right. Let's just assume <laughs> that he doesn't play and Chase Daniel's a starting court. Well, what do you think about Chase Daniel? Well, I don't, I don't know much about Chase Daniel. I believe he played a few games for Chicago last year or possibly the year before. And I thought he looked fine in those games, but I, I'm not like a Chase Daniel specialist. So. I, uh, Chase Daniel was on my radar because the Eagles had him uh, when they had Sam Bradford and when they traded Bradford because they had Good drafted Sam Bradford. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let me talk, tell you about J Chase Daniel stinks. Okay. You can't even see over the offensive line. So mom, I'm not, I'm going to spare everybody my rant against Chase Daniels because I can't stand the guy. Right. But if Chase Daniels plays in this game, you load up and take a second mortgage out on the Minnesota Vikings because they're going to kill Detroit. Okay. But I say we move forward thinking that Stafford's going to play. Well, obviously, so you have to watch to see if Stafford plays or not, because it's going to be a different approach otherwise. I um, I don't really have a take on this game, and I feel like I, I just don't want to deal with Kirk Cousins, because whatever I predict is he's going to do the opposite. So if I say I would take Minnesota because I think they can come out and they can run the ball against Detroit, just like they did against uh, Green Bay last year. They're going to come out. He's going to throw a pick and it's going to flip the whole script of the game the opposite direction. So I don't know. I did look up um, the stats because this is a division matchup. Um, the last five games that they've played together, um, Minnesota has won all five. And just interesting that um, number one, Kenny Galladay's out this week. Um, Marvin Jones had a two touchdown performance last week. And in the five games that they played, um, Marvin Jones had a four touchdown game and a two touchdown game. So he has six touchdowns in five games. A couple of those games were with um, like when Matt Stafford wasn't in last year and the um, Detroit only put up like nine points. So, I mean, that kind of stood out. And then Kyle Rudolph. So um, did you play him for Fandle this week as a cheap option for receiver? I don't know how cheap he'll be because he's probably the number one, right? If God... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's a good matchup and I'm not sure what side of the field he plays on, but it's been the left side, whoever the left uh, or the right corner for Minnesota is, is horrible. Um, and every left wide receiver against Minnesota has had monster games. So um, he's definitely worth it. And then I don't know if you let me finish, but the Kyle Rudolph had four touchdowns in those five games, which I mean, Kyle Rudolph to an extent is kind of like um, irrelevant at this point, but just an interesting thing we might be worth a flyer i don't know i will not interrupt you i think that you know one of the feedback I, that we're getting is we'd, we'd like more fantasy well um, i'm not advice, saying play so. kyle rudolph but well you kind of are bringing it up aren't you i just brought it up you make this right, you're saying don't call a gun to my head if he doesn't score a touchdown but i mean when was the last time kyle rudolph scored a touchdown well i think kyle rudolph's a good one to throw out there right and they because also but they do have another they have that irv smith um in Minnesota now too. So he's not even like the number one. Well, when I'm building, a, when I'm building a FanDuel lineup, what I like to do sometimes is find the value and start there. Well, I mean, he's the guy that if he much, hits, he could win you money. Right. And he's going to be, but cheap. he could also put a zero in your lineup. Well, if you can, if you can start <laughs> so. a guy that's going to, that you're going to spend less on in the position so that you're, you know, obviously 
freeing up money to spend on other people, then you know how much you can spend. Like how, like how big of a guy can you go get? Is it the top running back? Do you have enough money left over for it? Or so it's easier to kind of manage your roster as you're building. Well, I think, I I mean, this week there are probably more like, I think last week it was tough because like you wanted to play a lot of the top guys, but this week I think there's a lot of value to be had. Um, all right. So what do you have a take on that game, a, a pick on that game? I do small play. Uh, well, with all the changes and injuries, it's kind of tough here. And I think there's a couple of games here that, that are impacted that way as we'll get to where I have a strong feeling, but then it depends on really what happens. But <clears throat> thinking that Stafford's going to play, here's an interesting thing. Both of these teams are 0 three at home. Now it really only matters to Minnesota this week because they're the home team. Um, so they've yet to win at home. Um, Detroit's 0-2 in the division. This is a division matchup, and, and Minnesota's 1-1. One and one. The interesting thing here is when you're looking at the standings, um, Minnesota's a game behind Detroit. But I really like to look at... <clears throat> well, I like to look at the division matchups and think that um, there's a little commonality there that the teams are familiar with him. So where I would just look at this game and based off the performance from last week with Dalvin Cook coming back and how Minnesota rolled, you kind of like Minnesota. But as the line's going up over three points, again, I look at this as a three-point game. And if you're going to give me five points uh, with a team that hasn't won yet at home, they're 0-3, I think I, I, I like Detroit. The thing I would tell you is that it looks like a lot of people are picking Minnesota so far for uh, FanDuel. Again, I have a... You mean for Survivor? For Survivor, I'm sorry. I have a strong rule for Survivor. I'll just reiterate to everybody. I try to stay away from division matchups because of the fact I just made they're familiar with each other, and there's a lot of upsets that happen in division matchups. So I'm not saying that Detroit's going to win outright, but I would steer clear of this game for Survivor if you're thinking about Minnesota based off of the way they played last week against Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not touching that. Um, Are you, you don't have a play here? No. Okay. But it's like I said, every time I try to pick – with Kirk Cousins, he does the opposite of what I expect. So, all right, what's next? Next game is Baltimore at Indianapolis. And so, Indianapolis came out last week. Who did they play? The Lions? Yes. Um, smoked them and smoked them. So, I still haven't really figured out who Indy is. Um, and then Baltimore has some COVID issues as well. Tell me about Philip Rivers. How do you feel about Philip Rivers? I don't trust him. I don't know who I trust less, him or Kirk Cousins. Oh. But I will say I like Philip Rivers better than I like Kirk I think Cousins. He can, Kirk Cousins is clearly the least trustworthy. I don't know. I think I would have to say probably Philip Rivers is. But well, when he comes out and he's bad, he is just god awful. You know, so, he'll throw three or four picks. All right. Well, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> so number one, Baltimore lost their tackle Ronnie Stanley last week. Number two, their cornerback Marlon Humphrey tested positive for COVID. And because of the contact tracing, they have, including Humphrey, seven um, defensive players that are on the list, not on the list, but like whatever. I don't know what the word is to describe it. Um, so they would have to test negative um, up, quarantine. Until, They're on quarantine. up until the game day in order to play. Of that, there, it includes three starting linebackers. So that, um, we've been in quarantine for seven months. You can't remember that word. My, well, I don't know if that's what the NFL calls it, but so my initial take on this game was that I think, um, Baltimore can get pressure on Phillip rivers. They have the highest blitz rate in the NFL. 
They're fourth in um, quarterback pressures and sacks. So assuming they have all their um, starters, I think they can definitely make Philip Rivers uncomfortable. And an uncomfortable Philip Rivers is an interception throwing Philip Rivers. But that's all going to depend on what personnel they have available on Sunday. So watch out for that Sunday morning and go from there. Are you going to pick? My pick is Baltimore, assuming they have their players. All right. All right I'm going to tell you a little bit of, <clears throat> about this game before I uh, give you my pick here. But both teams are, let's say Baltimore is 3-0 away from home. And Indianapolis is 3-0 at home. So those two records clash. Somebody's got to lose. Baltimore or uh, Indianapolis is number two. Do you know that they're the number two run defense? I do. So they played some good defense. Um, they're ranked pretty high. They're also getting um, Darius Leonard back this week. Yeah. So these are looking up for Indy, especially coming rolling off that Detroit wind. Baltimore's coming into the game after losing a, a tight game with their arch nemesis, Pittsburgh. So, but what's their record at this point? Uh, it's funny that you asked that because I was trying to just get to the standings. Baltimore is, oops, Baltimore is five and two. Five and two. And then you're looking at Indies at five and two as well. So they share the same record. Baltimore has a plus 71 point differential and Indianapolis has a plus 62. So very similar there. Indy's coming with two wins in a row. Baltimore's lost one, like we just talked about. Um, the, what I'm, the picture I'm painting is that Indianapolis is really good against the run. Now, Mark Ingram is out. Okay, he's definitely out. <clears throat> You're looking at J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And Gus Edwards has been getting a lion's share of the carries. But this is where I'm going to go out on a limb and kind of buck those stats that I just told you. I think... I think this is the J.K. Dobbins breakout game. I'm telling you, play this guy for Fandle. I have no, no real reason other than a gut feel here because I thought that he had a possibility of breaking out last week. But I think they kind of played through the week thinking that Ingram was going to play. And they didn't really game plan for Dobbins to get the carries. I think knowing that he didn't play and probably the mistake that they made last week was that they didn't get this kid more carries because when he had the ball, he looked electric. They need to get him more carries. Gus Edwards is a nice running back, but it's kind of like, where's the ceiling at, right? Gus Edwards can get you some good numbers, but his ceiling's only so high. I think J.K. Dobbins can be electric, and he can really be the future of this franchise. So I think this is the breakout game. I think they will have success running the ball, even though they're going against the number two run defense, even though Stanley's out and, uh, you know, he's their, he's their top tackle. And, um, you know, even though Indy's number two, um, in run defense, these are the teams that Indy has played. And tell me if these are like strong running teams. You got Jacksonville week one, and Robinson's been good, but you know, he was really kind of they did lose that game. Um, but he was kind of breaking on the scene there. Um, the Vikings, yeah, Dalvin Cook. That's probably the best running game that they've played against. They've had the Jets, they can't run the ball. The Bears don't run the ball. The Browns are a pretty good uh run team. But they lost that game by 11 points or by nine points. The Bengals, they don't really run the ball. They're throwing the ball with the kid. And the Lions, they can't run the ball. So even though their stats are good against the run, they're really not playing anybody that's really going to pound the ball down your throat, except for the Vikings. Now, let's look at the Vikings game real quick. Um, Dalvin Cook had 14, only 14 carries. He did have 63 yards. 
uh, and a touchdown. So, you know, it's a 4.5 somewhere around their average. So he, he was successful. The problem with that game is Indianapolis was up 15 to three at halftime. Uh, in the third, they were up 18 to three and about halfway through the fourth, they were up 28 to three. So they were dominating that game, which forced Minnesota and, and cousins had a horrible passing game, but it forced them to give up the run because they were playing from behind. So when they did run the ball, they were successful. The problem is they got from behind and they had to go away from the run. Even, and and that was probably their the only team that they played that could run the ball successfully or consistently. So anyway, my point is that I think that their stats are inflated. I don't think they're as good against the run as the numbers are showing. And if Baltimore makes a decision to run J.K. Dobbins, give him fifteen at least. I would give him twenty carries this game. I think they come in based off the way they've they lost last week. They're going to be laser focused because they can't afford to lose another game and let. Pittsburgh get too far away because Pittsburgh's playing new Dallas this week. We haven't got to. So that's an easy win. So they really can't afford to lose this game where Indy's sitting on the top of the division with not much competition other than Tennessee, but they're playing there with the same, same record. So I'm locking in on Baltimore. Baltimore opened up at a three point favorite. The line is now a pick and has flipped in some places to Indianapolis getting the point. So especially if we get into Sunday and they're dogs, take Baltimore, take the points even if they're not dogs, if it's under three, I think Baltimore is going to win this game by at least three points. Um, and just one other thing I will say is that there was some um, commentary in Baltimore. Um, Hollywood Brown posted a um, tweet on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Where else would you put a tweet? <laughs> yeah. um, saying, what's the point of having soldiers um, if you're not going to use them? And I said it that way for a reason. Is it but- the first time you've ever said that word like that? Um, well, that's the way it was soldier. typed. I just looked it up. So it was, it didn't say soldier. Mm. Um, so, and so there's been a lot of talk from the coach, soldier boy, from the coach and Lamar Jackson, that they need to get the ball more. And my experience generally is when you have a talented player, um, the squeaky wheel narrative usually plays out. So I have to disagree with your whole run the ball approach. And I think they're going to air it out a little more and I'm going to plug Hollywood Brown into some lineups. I think I might be up against him in this R league too, which sucks, but all right. So I'm saying JK Dobbins is a much must start. You're saying Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown. I'm saying play the Brown family. Downtown Hollywood Brown. The, the Brown, Brown family this week. Okay. We'll get there. All right. Cousin. All right. Next game. Carolina uh, at Kansas city. And this is um, Kansas city is a 10 point favorite. Um, so I don't, I don't really have, I guess I have a question for you because generally, uh, Carolina has the worst run defense in the NFL by far. And that's what you do is you run the ball against Carolina. It doesn't really seem to me that Andy Reid likes to run the ball a lot. So do you think like they played the jets last week, Patrick Mahomes had five touchdown passes. Like they just went out and did what they wanted to do. What approach does Andy Reid take in a game like this where the logical thing to do would be to run the ball? Is he going to run the ball or is he going to come out and do what he wants to do, which is pass the ball? You can count him. What he'll do is he'll script the first 15 plays that he does every week and probably 10 of them will be runs. And as soon as they get through those 15 plays, he'll throw the shit out of the ball the rest of the way because that's what he always does. Okay. That answers my question. Now, you can argue, well, you can't really argue because the philosophy there is why would you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands because he's the best quarterback in the league, right? So 
Uh, but his philosophy, Andy Reid, is, his philosophy has always been you can throw the ball three yards a lot better, a lot easier than you can run the ball three yards. So that's why his stats are always skewed to the run because, or to the pass, because he looks at his passing game, his short passing game as runs. And especially when you have the mobile quarterback, knowing watching him against with Donovan McNabb when he was mobile um, and Patrick Mahomes kind of the same way. Anytime you get into a run situation where you call the pass, even if you move him out, it could still end up being a run with the quarterback as a quarterback can take off and get the necessary yardage. Right. So anyway, Andy Reid will never run first. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. by two touchdowns in the NFC Championship against the Rams when they first made it that far with Buckholder and had to win his way with Donovan throwing the ball in the second half. All they had to do was hand the ball off every single play and they would have won that game. But well, I would think there's some degree of like, you know. Well, big red frustrating. Preserve your, your star players. Like why put them in the path of, you know, injury and stuff if you don't have to. But so um, one uh, FanDuel play I would have for this game would be Robbie Anderson on the other side. If... Um, Kansas City is going to put up points, then um, Carolina is going to have to um, air it out if they want to keep it close. Um, and then I guess we should also mention that um, Christian McCaffrey will be back this week. Well, that's kind of a big thing. But I don't know. Would you I play mean, him in FanDuel right back? Like I'm curious to see I how probably, many carries he gets compared to, was it Mike Edwards? Mike Davis. Mike Davis, I mean. Um, I probably wouldn't just because I'm, I'd be afraid. Well, I guess he doesn't get scripted out of the game because he catches a lot of passes too. So maybe he can, I'd have to see what his salary is. Cause you might as well get and in Mike on Davis? him when he's cheap. No, uh, Christian McCaffrey scripted out of the game. Well, generally if you Christian have McCaffrey, he's coming back. They're going to give him the damn ball. Well, he catch. I just said, were you listening to what I just said? Yeah, because I, heard, I said, are, are he, they going to script him out of the game? Why would you even passes. ask yourself that? But if, if Kansas City comes out and they go up 14 nothing in the first quarter, then you can't just run the ball. You have to throw the ball. Yeah, he'll catch the ball. Damn. So, yeah, that's going to be yeah, their okay. major target. You asked right? me the question, and I answered it. I said, yes, I will play him because he catches passes and because he's probably cheap on Vandal right now. So this is an interesting, probably more interesting game than it should be in my mind because I love to see – now that they've had success and they have two, they have two strong running backs, and I love Robbie Anderson. And um, why am I drawing a blank on the little guy, the little receiver that's uh, good there for Carolina. Carolina? Yeah. Well, the other two receivers are DJ Moore, and I don't DJ think Moore. he's little. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, um, Curtis Samuel's a little guy, but well, he's not even that little. But anyway, I was talking about DJ Moore. I think the receivers are good, and if Teddy Bridgewater can get some more consistent time and which he's getting consistent time. But if he can, he, if he can, as he plays, I think Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys that's just going to get better and better and better. I don't know what his ceiling is, but well, can I'm he encouraged with the, the, the weapons that are around him. So anyway, my point is, is that 10 points might be too big here. I, I think the Kansas city, are they undefeated against the spread? No, maybe they lost one game and they didn't cover that game, but they're really good against the spread over the last year or two. Um, so I mean, it's they tough covered to go the against them. 20 points against the Jets last week. But. That's the Jets, right? <clears throat> um, so I would say, you know, I don't know. I was starting to get a little nervous of taking uh, Carolina at plus 18 and a half on the teaser card, but you're making me feel better. No, I think this is probably a game where Carolina keeps it inside the number. But, you know, I don't feel that strong on this game because Kansas City's so good. Okay. Yeah, I probably, I mean, I wouldn't take them at 10 and a half. So, 
you know, and, and I know with all that said, I would just say from a survivor standpoint, Kansas City is going to be really one of the hottest picks here. Already with people that have taken them there, it's 99% Kansas City, one Carolina. And I'm not saying that Kansas City is going to lose this game, but you're probably better off. It, by the chance that you have Kansas City left, I wouldn't use them this week. Well, I would use them. I would save on to them because there's better games to use them coming forward. Right. But Wait, I think we need to move this along because you were the one that said we should do like a shorter one tonight. And then you just keep talking and talking and talking. So let's move on the to the Houston next Houston Texans go to Jacksonville Jaguars. That's going to be a one o'clock game. And the Houston Texans are favored by seven. It opened to fours. The public has bet it up three points to seven. And the reason they've bet it up to seven is because Gardner Minshew is out. And we have Jake Luton as the starting quarterback. Um, these teams also played in week five where Jacksonville won 30 to 14. I believe that was the um, post Bill O'Brien uh, victory. Uh, it was also a big Brandon Cooks game, 161 yards and one touchdown. What can you tell me about Jake Luton? Not much. That's I think he was a sixth round pick, though. So, Yeah, Jake Luton. Uh, we're going to see what this guy's made of. They're going to give him the start. Um, Jacksonville has the worst pass defense in the league. I love Watkins this week. I, lo I like Houston. I don't like giving up seven points with Houston to anybody. But they're coming off the bye. I think they get their ducks in a row and they go smoke Jacksonville here. It's a division game, so it's a little weary. But when you, if it was Garner or Michio, I wouldn't like it that much. Uh, maybe see to play them in, into the line like this at, at a touchdown. But I, I'm going Houston all day here. I don't know about you. I don't know how you yeah, can like Jacksonville. I think you got to. All right. But I would say for Fanduel, this would be a guy that I'm going to build my lineup around is uh, Watkins well, this week. Watson. Watson. I say Watkins. Um, and who do you play with them now? Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? Cooks. I'm a Cooks You're a guy. big Cooks guy. Always But have. if it was Cooks the last time, I think you got to go Fuller this time. All right. Next game up is the New York Giants at the Washington football team. And this is opened at a three and a half in favor of Washington. It's gone down to a two and a half in favor of Washington. These teams played in week six, where the Giants won 20 to 19. The New York money betting the line down. Thank you. Um, so I would have to take the Giants here. I think um, both teams have better defenses than they do offenses. I think it'll probably be a close game. And I think you take the points. I think uh, the Giants don't get enough credit for their defense. I mean, they've put up. You want this to be the game? You want this to be the game <laughs> Are right we now? really going to? Let's do it. On this game yeah, of all this, games? This horrible team. This horrible game with two bad teams. All right. You want to? Sure. All right. I'll take them Washington. All right. At two and a half. How about this? What? I'll go straight up with you. I don't even want points. Or no, well, you're, you're not getting points. I'm getting points. All right. Two and a half. Two and a half. Lock it in a three. So. If it's below three all day, I was on the wrong side of that in my head. It's late Friday. Sorry. The math okay. wasn't working. Um, <laughs> so, all right. They played a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, Washington went for a two-point conversion at the end to try to win it. I think it was Washington, right? And they didn't get it. So, they lost by one. It was 20 to 19, something like that. So, it was a division game. Washington won by – or Giants won by one point. This was the only say. win they had. I think you flip it, though. This is the this is going to even out. So Washington should win this game. Um, I think it's a three-point game either way. Um, but I think the uh, – uh, Washington will 
should win by at least three points. Okay. Um, so I really, this is one of my stronger plays. I do like Washington. I like where they're playing. They just came off the 25-3 win to Cowboys, which doesn't say much. But for Washington, I, I'm worried about Washington because I think they have the best coach in the division. And when well, you, they're, are they coming off a bye? They're coming off Dallas 25-3. to three. Do you No, even you played to Dallas last week. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a bye week before. Their stopping. last win. We smoked Dallas. Um, so can't even they, remember who they, your own team played last week. Listen, it's late. I just told you. Okay, moving on. No, Washington. <laughs> love it. Okay. Play it. Okay, right. you can move on now. Okay, thank you. All right, next game is Las Vegas at LA Chargers. And this is um, opened at minus three in favor of the Chargers. It's now a pick. Um, hmm. So why is that? Why did that line move that much? Personally, I think a lot of these line movements are just going off of last week's games. <clears throat> People so are just looking at last week's games. And this, this is where I almost want to just look at these games, see where the lines are moving, which I don't agree with, and just go against it. Because I think the public's wrong this, this week, other than like the Houston-Jacksonville game. But that's clear why, because the quarterback change. So are you saying you like the Chargers? Uh, I kind of... I, 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 uh. I mean, last week they had that game in hand, and I... I firmly blame Anthony Lynn for them losing it because he took the foot off the gas and wanted to run the ball and gave Denver the opportunity to get back into it. So you learn from those mistakes, hopefully. I do. Well, he hasn't, though, because that's consistent with what he's done. So, I mean, even going back, I mean, last year, the Chargers had a great way of losing games. Eckler's not back this week, right? I don't think so. It's next week. Oh, no. You know what I read was that there, he's on the longer side of his timetable because he's not. So I think this will be a high scoring game. Um, I think there'll probably be a lot of touchdowns because, I mean, last week the Vegas had the bad weather, so that was a low scoring game. But otherwise, the cars, game in Cleveland. Yeah, Carr's been airing it out. Um, when I loved them last week too, right? Hebert or Herbert can definitely air it out. So. Um, All right. So this is this is so for me last but for week. For some reason, that this has actually gone down two points on the total. Which is strange to me, too. So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I think I would play over here. So I'm at a pick em, I would probably take the Chargers, but I, I just don't trust that they won't find a way to lose it at the end. So like a minus three, I wouldn't take them. So I'm going to flip flop from last week. I like I liked Vegas big time last week. I like Denver a little bit. Um Against the Chargers. So I went against the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers this week. Small play. Uh, pick at home. It's a division matchup. Uh, it's, I wouldn't go crazy with this one. But I think I think people are just taking the, the lines going down, basically, because they're saying the Chargers choked it away last week. So they're not that good, right? Uh, they were up 20 in Denver. I, I mean, no, not many good. teams do that. I agree. That's what I'm trying to get at. And Vegas, because they beat Cleveland, who is, in my mind, still the sisters of the poor, People are probably giving them too much credit. So Vegas goes on the road here again, right? And um, uh, I think the Chargers, probably embarrassed after losing on the last play of the game, look to rebound against Vegas. I'll take the Chargers. I mean, I probably have to air with the Chargers too. I think they have like more talent in the wide receiver group than Vegas does. But I don't know. I think it'll be a close game. It's just a matter of who blows it, I guess. All right, and then the next game is Pittsburgh at Dallas. Hey, that's an ebb and flow game too, right? Because, I mean, really, if you just look at it, Raiders, Chargers. Sorry, I don't want to jump to the next one. Chargers are 2-5. and five, Vegas is 4-3. and three. 
So, you know, Vegas goes up to five and three if they win and the Chargers drop to two and six. I mean, it's kind of a division matchup ebb and flow game where the Chargers need to win here to go up to three and five. Raiders go to four and four. It's not like they're fighting for the division with the Chiefs at seven and one ahead of them. So um, I started like Chargers a little bit more, but go ahead. Let's go to Pittsburgh, Dallas. So this is like the shit show game of the week. Um, we so know we about Garrett, Garrett Gilbert. Dallas is down to their fourth string quarterback. Um, I guess I don't. I didn't really hear anything about Andy Dalton, so I guess he's still in the concussion protocol. Now you can argue this is their fifth string. Um, he just jumped on the roster after Dak went down. They took him. You know where he came from? He's on the uh, Cleveland Browns practice squad. So this is a quarterback that couldn't even make the Cleveland Browns. Um. So I mean, as much as um. I usually with Pittsburgh, if they're going on the road and it's a um, lesser competition, they always seem to find ways to lose those games. I don't think that it's possible to lose this game. Is so, this right? How did the line start at three and a half? <laughs> Dallas favored. Does that make sense? Or was that line published before the game? Because what they played the Eagles last Sunday night. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe that he, line opened and was published before the game was finished. Well, I think if you... <laughs> If you open it, assuming maybe it was Andy Dalton, I don't know. But yeah, either way, that doesn't seem right. I guess that probably is the only logical thing. It just doesn't make sense because I guess they were just assuming that he would be back. But even with Dalton, Dalton was there at minus three and a half. Jesus. I don't um, know how you can like. So what happened to Ben DiNucci? They just basically pushed him to the side and he's the zero string this week. Bad. Well, that whole game was so weird because they came out in the whole first half. It was just all these like gadget plays like let, just let him throw the ball. But then like it, it was like he'd almost didn't even know how to throw a ball. He kept doing like the sidearm thing that like. Oh, no. But can, can we take a second here to just bang on Chris Collinsworth like the idiot that this guy is in the middle of the broadcast? crediting Ben DiNucci for throwing the ball like Patrick Mahomes because he no, went on the sidearm angle. I was just going to say angle. it's kind of the thing that Patrick Mahomes does, but it's a, you know, a little bit different when you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but when you're, 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 you do not make comparisons to Patrick Mahomes when you're talking about Ben DiNucci. So, I hate Chris Collinsworth. He's an do. idiot. All right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean. I'm not scared of the points at all. I'll take the points and 14 run. and a half? Yeah, Dow sucks. They're done. Zeke Elliott hasn't played really this week. Well, he's questionable too. Yeah, and I don't know. I think that's just where you kind of like develop an injury because you're like, this is so yeah. bad. I don't even want to go out on the field anymore. Well, the comments I read, read was that McCarthy said that he was surprised that he hasn't been more of a participant during practice this week. The coach says that he's basically challenging and questioning the player's desire to be out there on the field, I don't which know. is what you just said. And I, I agree. I think he's like, you know, kind of mentally checked out. And I'm I not saying that, if it's right um, or wrong because this guy takes all physical abuse, but um, as the running back and no no ability to throw the ball. But geez, when your coach is calling you out like that, that's one way to lose your running back and your star player. I don't know. I thought Mike McCarthy was a bad pick for the coach there, and it, it hasn't gone well. Just I gone love it downhill. Personally, I love it. I, I think that they do. should fulfill their five year contract with McCarthy. I was mad when he got rid of Garrett just because he's he was such a disaster. You want a guy like that still, but they they got. I guess he was more like a players' coach, though. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a players' coach. I don't know. I I think McCarthy and uh, Jones need to have a little another little sleepover and figure out a different strategy. All right, moving on. Um, So the next game is Miami at Arizona, and this opened at a six points in favor of Arizona and it's 
going down to four and a half, which I don't understand that based on last week's um, Dolphins performance because we still don't know what Tua is or what he's capable of because he didn't do much. It was the defense that won that game for Miami last week. And that said, I still don't know what to make of Tua. And well, I think we know what Tua is at this point. He is a struggling young quarterback. That's what you should expect. So, I mean... I don't see Miami going to Arizona and having the defense win the game there. Is Drake playing? Um, I kind of hope Drake isn't playing because, well, number one, he's been a huge disappointment. But number two, that just opens the door for Edmonds, who would be a good play in fantasy this week without Drake on the field. He's officially ruled out. Perfect. As of eight hours ago today. So today's Friday. He's been ruled out. So you're going to have to take a look at Chase Edmonds getting a line share of the carries and uh, let's not forget how good he is out of the backfield catching a ball. So I would definitely start Chase Edmonds for FanDuel, right? You can start Edmonds. You can start Murray. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do so, you feel like Arizona should be six-point or four-point favorites to anybody, though? Like, I think they're – I'm not saying they're a bad well, team. I like them. But, like, heading into a game that'd be four-point favorites on anybody? I don't know about that one. Is that – where are you at all? They are five and two. I know what you're saying about Miami. I had a real good feel based off of what the now, Rams were Now, if it was Ryan in. Fitzpatrick, I would have taken the points on that at six all day, but it's not. Yeah, this is a tough one. I because you know how this is the problem. I love Miami. I took them last week to win outright, even with Tua coming into the game. I don't know that this is the same spot, right? You got, they're going on the road. This is his first road game. Arizona's coming off the bye. Yeah. After uh, losing to Seattle, which is a game they probably, was that the game? No, they won that game. Yeah, they won that game. That's right. Um, So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. It's going to be interesting to see how they come out of the bye. If they have a, if they look sluggish or they come out firing. Miami's a tough defense. Miami's got a lot of young talent and I like them. I'm saying a whole lot of nothing. All right. So do you have a pick on the game? I mean, I don't see how say, you can really take Miami. I'm going to, I was about to say, take the points. If it's more than a field goal, I think you got to just, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, if, if their defense doesn't produce, and what did their defense do last week? Had like two touchdowns. Like you can't rely on that every, every Listen, week. I, I don't like the game. I don't so, have a pick. All right. I'm going to Arizona. All right. So the next game up well should we let's let's skip and we'll end with the new orleans tampa bay game because that's a better game the last game is the monday night game new england at the jets um patriots have not looked good but it's the jets and the only thing i didn't include this when i played our card because i was just scared but i i hope and i pray that bill belichick is not the one that loses to adam Gase. so but i don't know that new england is is you know, gonna put up a lot of points either. So New England doesn't have a lot of ammo. Yeah. I want to take the Jets here. I mean, it's a division matchup, so it could be a Man, I think the Jets go 0 and 16 Ugh, this year. I refuse year. to ever take the Jets. But they're getting eight points. I don't care how many points they're getting. Here's the thing for me. I won't touch the game before I'll take the Jets. Could you see them showing up at home Monday night against the team that they hate the most? Yeah. And Darnold Came back last week, so he had kind of got the rust off a little bit. 
it's really a play against New England. New England doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, is I know. Cam Newton going to come in here and and put up thirty five points against the Jets? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, and I think Darnold can get seventeen, like a twenty seventeen score. New England wins twenty seventeen. Jets cover. Yeah, that's my official I'm take. I'm going to give you a score on this one. Twenty seventeen. All right, I'm gonna write that down. Jets. I'm gonna look it up. Write it down. All right, I'm not touching it. All right, so let's move back to the Sunday night game, which is New Orleans traveling to Tampa Bay. These teams played in week one, where I'm sure everybody remembers that the Saints won, and it was the oh my God, is Tom Brady done? He doesn't look good in Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, he's looked much better since, and we have um, the addition of Antonio Brown. Antonio's which I, back, baby. I think, and I heard on the radio the other day, the um, personalities talking that they would take Mike Evans over Antonio Brown the rest of the season. Now, assuming Antonio Brown gets to play the rest of the season, I think he is going to be Tom Brady's number one. What and I that think talk off like were they were they saying like, okay, I don't think he's gonna like he's gonna do something to be off the team? Or were they basically saying apples to apples, they both play the rest of the games with Tom. I take Mike Evans. Well, they were saying that they would take Mike Ev- Evans over Antonio Brown right now. If you here. had to pick one. Um, so I think, I mean, I guess Antonio Brown does have like a court appearance coming up. So that could maybe throw things off track, but all, all, all that stuff aside, um, he's been quiet. I mean, we haven't heard any of the weird like chaos on Twitter. So somebody kind of reined him in and, um, his name's Tom Brady. So, I mean, I think Tom Brady is in love with Antonio Brown. I mean, he's got Antonio Brown staying at his house. <laughs> Tom I mean, Brady's to me, got him under wraps, baby. That to me is just crazy. But um, <laughs> who's crazier, Tom or Antonio Brown? I mean, Tom Brady just wants to win football. And I think he Tom wants, might be crazier for letting that guy in his house. He wants Antonio Brown. Like, he wants to throw the ball to Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown was with the Patriots for maybe like a week last year. He played one game. He had, I think, eight targets, four receptions for 56 yards and a touchdown. And I think that uh, we don't know. I, I would assume that Chris Godwin is out, but I don't know that he's officially ruled out. But I mean, if you just had surgery on a finger, can you really catch the ball? I think he's out this week. So um, and Mike Evans is one of those guys that if he's up against a good corner, he absolutely disappears. So he's going to be matched up against um, Marshawn Lattimore. So I think it just sets up perfect for Antonio Brown. And Godwin's playing. Is he? This says Godwin's list says questionable for Sunday's game against the Saints, but head coach Bruce Arians saying he should play. Hmm. Well, we'll see how that plays out. So who's going to get the ball? So you got Miller, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk. I would assume that two running backs. I would assume that Evans and Brown are on the outside and Chris Godwin's in the slot. Jesus, these guys are loaded. They got bright, right? Um, I think it could also be a big, and I'm I'm still so mad at myself that I dropped Gronk in our league. And now I have to go up against him this week. I think it could be a big Gronk game too, because I think it's going to be Tom Brady, Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. So let's just be clear. Let's go back to the Mike Evans versus Antonio Brown. And let's go back into this game or let's get into this game. Right. Because this is the best game on the card. Well, number one, like Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball to you if he doesn't trust you. He obviously trusts Antonio Brown. Um, we saw that last year. I mean, the guy that hadn't even been with the team, but a couple days and he's throwing the ball to him. I'm going to say it like this. He had, Mike, I'm going to say it like this. 
Mike Evans, Pro Bowl player. Antonio Brown, Hall of Famer. There's no comparison. Antonio Brown, every day and twice on Sunday. If I mean, this guy can stay on the field, is the only way you can make that argument about Mike Evans is if you're taking into consideration that this guy is a lunatic and is going to lose his mind before the season's over and do something to get him kicked off this team. Because remember, they got all these other talented players that we're talking about. So Tampa Bay is not beholden to Antonio Brown. It's not like they need Antonio Brown or they can't get to the Super Bowl. They're pretty. They're doing pretty damn well without him. But... Again, he's a Hall of Famer, and this might be the difference maker that if he is on board and he starts to gel with Tom Brady, I don't know that it matters who else is on the field. It didn't matter really for Pittsburgh. What do you mean? I know they had Le'Veon Bell on the field as a running back, but I mean, Antonio Brown, no matter what you threw at him with Roethlisberger, was scoring touchdowns, like two touchdowns a game. I, I People, I'm just saying, don't forget how good this guy is. This guy is the best receiver in the league when he's going good. Now, he sat out a year. Is that good or bad for him? Might have given him some time to rest. If you remember, he had all banged up feet when he was on the Raiders before they got he, rid of him. They burned his feet or whatever. Yeah, um, cryogenic cryogenic uh, things or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, he strikes idiot. me as the so type. So he is an idiot, right? Yeah. Well, he strikes me as the type of guy that would stay in sheep. And let's and be clear. I don't know if The you stories can... that are coming out that got him suspended in the first place, he's a piece of shit, right? Well, I, I personally like the whole rape thing. I don't buy it for one minute. Um, if you were, if, if that girl was telling the truth, the first thing you do when something like that happens is you go to the police. You don't go to the fucking court two years later. Well, here's my problem. If you're Antonio Brown, you don't put yourself in a position with this girl. Like you're a hall of famer. You're a millionaire. Well, she wanted money. Yeah. So who knows? I can't point the finger. Who knows? Can I see Antonio Brown doing what they accused him of? Absolutely. Especially if you see some of the videotapes of him calling out, uh, you know, his baby's mama. And the cops when they show up at his house. So I don't know. This well, guy just even, seems like he is. I don't even think was the. Remember, he's the guy tweeting, going live in the locker room. My Tomlin's trying to give a victory speech, acting like a, a jerk off. Was that him or was that Bell? I think it was him. I don't. I think that was Bell. I think that was Bell. His trouble started with the the sideline breakdown in one of the games, and then it was all downhill after that. Um, but regardless, Let's be clear. And I, his I think, problem started way before that. Well, that's the one thing I give I give Tomlin a lot of credit because he, he did a very good job of managing him up until the end. Um, so we'll see. But he's been completely quiet on Twitter. We haven't heard anything crazy from him in a while, and I'm not sure was the eight game suspension for the the girl, or I think it was actually the the moving incident. Where he attacked the the guy in the moving truck. Well, yeah, because the girl was trying to get some stuff. Yeah, I think right. But he like beat up the guy that was driving the moving truck. Yeah. Well, so I think that's what that was for. But I'm not listen, sure. I don't care. But about regardless, feel shit. Can we talk about the game? Yes. We're going so way too far off. I'm, I'm almost trying to go to bed. It's twelve fifteen. Let's go. I know, Mister. I wanted to keep Who it do you short. Like? Keeps talking. I like They're Tampa talking about Bay. the moving truck and Tampa Bay all day. Play Tom Brady, t- play Antonio Brown, and play Rob Gronkowski. All right. So researching this game, my take is I really want to take the Saints. Plus, you have Drew Brees going on the road. Tampa Bay can stop the run. So what are they going to do? I mean, I guess we maybe have Michael Thomas coming back this week, but that's, that's not a guarantee. No, They're he's saying fine. he's no. Mm-mm. I he's read fine. it right before he is not playing. It's not definitely playing. If Michael Thomas isn't playing, I tell you, like the last three weeks, like. Read what it says. 
and tell me. He may play. It says Emmanuel Sanders to play. Michael Thomas, questionable. Game time yeah, decision. Yeah, what I read before we got on here, it said, you know, I read a better article, I guess, because it said that he was coming no, it back. Was the, it was the way that they phrased it, because it said Emmanuel Sanders. said Michael Thomas, colon, Emmanuel Sanders will play. So it made you think that both of them were playing. But then if you read the article, it became obvious what was going on. That's so we don't know. exactly what happened to me because I and was I, coming in here thinking <laughs> like that's because they're totally different. Let, let's talk about this real quick. We'll talk about it other podcasts, but Michael Thomas in the game makes New Orleans a completely different team, right? So if Michael Thomas isn't playing, goes back to everything that I said that they're a completely different team. I just go back and I remember they played week one. If you guys remember, this is like one of the high matchups the really touted matchups in week one, because this was the first game, right? Tom Brady was quarterback and everybody's excited to see what he looks like. And they lost by 11 points, maybe something, something like, that. like that. 30 and 19 or something. Oh, it's 34, 23. I actually wrote it down. So they, they lost by 11 points. I remember at the end of that game saying, wow, I can't wait until, because New Orleans was definitely the best team on the field that day. But I was saying, I can't wait until Tampa gets some time together because when they play him again, and the way Tom is very vindictive and frightfully so, you know, just this competitive juices. He's thinking, I want to kill Tom, I want to kill Drew Brees, right? And how many times like I just realized this too, like because a flash came on the TV last New Orleans game saying breaking news, breaking news. Drew Brees is the all-time uh touchdown leader, right? And they're going back and forth because they're like one or two touchdowns separate. Mm -hmm. So they're like this is crazy. Like Tom. Especially after losing the first game, I guess my point was after watching that game, I was thinking they cut they they get better. They have been getting better. Clearly, they're gelling better. They look better. And you got Antonio Brown coming back, coming into the the mix this week. That they're gonna they're gonna stick it up the Saints because they're gonna want to get they're gonna want to get revenge from from week one. Yeah. So I don't really care how many points there are, and especially I do kind of care about the points if if Michael Thomas is playing. If Michael Thomas isn't playing. I don't know. I kind of wonder about the, the truth behind the whole Michael Thomas situation. I feel like there's more to the story than just this injury. So we're both Tampa. Yeah. And like, I'm telling you, they're going to embarrass him if Michael Thomas isn't playing because they're not going to slow down. They're not going to get up by well, 10 and, and try and to run the clock out. They're going to try mean, to kill him. Todd Bowles has proven that he can, he can come up with a defensive plan. So if, if Michael Thomas isn't on the field, you got to stop Camara. I think uh, Todd Bowles can definitely do that. So yeah, I, I just mean, love it, could the be a, it could be an embarrassment, especially if Michael Thomas isn't there. I, I think so. So we talked a lot about the receivers. I love the reemergence of Gronk. I say you keep playing Gronk. He's catching a touchdown every week. Right now he's got three touchdowns in his last three games. Um, we talked about it. We had a season-long bet of him having over five and a half touchdowns, and it did not look good. But now we got three in a row. I it's, think he gets one here. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm saying. I think you keep playing him until even though there's all these there's not there's not a lot of ball to go around for the amount of talent they have on the field. Clearly. Tom is making an effort to get to him the ball. They were talking about last week just how they ran a lot of these rub routes that they used to run in New England. So the fact that well, I, Arians is allowing them to get these these plays called. I feel the like game. there's a little bit of a shift. And that was my concern at the beginning of the season was like, is it going to be like a kind of power struggle between the coach and Brady? Um, but it, it feels like Arians is, is letting Brady make some decisions around there and they're they're favorable. So can I just point out the class act like a lot of people, some people don't like Gronk. He's everybody's got to like him, what he brings to the field. But this guy comes back after a year off to play with Tom Brady. How excited is he to get back in the league? And they don't throw him the damn ball for the first three games. They got him in there blocking. And what does he do in the media? He says, hey, he 
coach is calling the plays. I'll block. Yeah. And you know, he was being sarcastic, but because you just know that's BS, right? But he didn't do it sarcastically, right? He might've given a little side look, but he did it with a professional look. He remained professional. And look, two weeks later, he's a main part of the offense. And for all, all you guys out there, the, especially you young guys, the move isn't if you're not getting the ball to sit there and bitch about it and have the coach try to throw you the ball. You're going to take your ball and go home. If you're not part of the game plan or you don't start getting more action, you act professionally right. and see what happens. And this is the way that you use ethics and you continue to be professional, even when you're not happy with what's going on around you. Okay. We're Kudos over Gronkowski. an hour now. Oh, we're, I'm done. All right. So we're going to, we'll end it here. Dig Tampa. Um, do you have, okay. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Best play of the week. Bring my 20 bucks next week. And I think when Washington beats the Giants. And we we talked about it. And I don't know if we decided whether we're going to do it or not, but we might put some like prop bet stuff up um, on Facebook. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Not a guarantee, but week nine. That's a wrap. Peace out.